Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation. Good or bad or mediocre will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore. Because as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493. 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use. Or go to joegettysrealtor.com. That's joegettysrealtor.com. Well, listen to this. The, the, date, the dating site OKCupid is banning white supremacists. <laughs> So white supremacists will have to look for love where they usually do, family reunions. And in the- Whoa. Hey, little inbreeding joke there. <laughs> so this is pretty damned interesting. Um, there, there, there is a, a gulf. It's surprising in the modern world with the Internet and how we're all so connected that there's still a gulf between 
East Coast media and, and what happens on the West Coast of the United States. Oh, yeah, sure. There's, there's no reason for it, really, in the you modern world. You could be world. in Seoul for dinner, Seoul, South Korea, and yet in New York, they can't figure out what's happening west of the Hudson River. Yeah, whether it's they don't care if sports teams on the West Coast are doing well <laughs> or, 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 or the weather or anything like that. Right. But they, they missed the entire Antifa story. They, they missed all the instances of Antifa showing up and smashing heads and trying to stop free speech. And so we are aware of it, and it was pretty frustrating this week to, to watch a whole bunch of people treat Antifa like they're uh, you know, a, a peaceful group just out there trying to stop hate. Right, just a kind, loving, anti-hate group. And we, while roundly condemning the horrors of the Klan and the, the Nazis and the rest of it... I watched the rest of that Vice video. Mm-hmm. Those are some scary people. Right, that, right. That is a scary freaking crowd, man. Uh, yeah, 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 they are. Those people marching at night, they look so angry. Oh, yes, that is true. That is true. And irrational. Yeah. Yeah, you can't reason with an angry mob. The Jews will not replace us, and they just look like they're ready to kill somebody right yeah. then. Yeah, well, wow. they did uh, later. Uh, so anyway, um, and we pointed this out, the, the the duality of political violence and the rest of it. Some of you went crazy and said, I can never listen again, which is fine. People say all sorts of stuff when they're mad, and we forgive you. If you'll forgive us, we'll forgive you. But we were talking about how... It's possible both are awful, right? And nobody was willing to listen to that, partly out of ignorance. Well, there are a number of things going on, a number of uh, publications and or people finally waking up and and realizing that what we said was true. With shades of difference, certainly. But Jonah Goldberg wrote an absolutely fabulous piece today. Um, The headline is, Alt-Right's Despicability Doesn't Make Antifa the Good Guys. Fighting Nazis is a good thing, but fighting Nazis doesn't necessarily make you or your cause good. By my lights, this is simply an obvious fact. The greatest Nazi killer of the 20th century was Joseph Stalin. He also killed millions of his own people and terrorized, oppressed, enslaved, or brutalized tens of millions more. The fact that he killed Nazis during World War II out of self-preservation, not principle, doesn't dilute his evil one bit. This should settle the issue as far as I'm concerned. Nazism was evil. Soviet communism was evil. It's fine to believe that Nazism was more evil than communism. That doesn't make communism good. Then he mentions that, well, uh, part of the problem psychologically, there's a natural tendency to think that when people or movements hate each other, it must be because they're opposites. This assumption overlooks the fact that many, indeed, most of the great conflicts and hatreds in human history weren't that way. Most tribal hatreds between very similar groups, European wars of religion between people who often shared the same language and culture but differed on the correct way to practice the Christian faith. Sunni Shia split, please. The young communists and fascists fighting for power in the streets of 1920s Germany had far more in common with each other than they had with decent liberals or conservatives, as we understood those terms today. Then he mentions that the minute those groups take power, like Cuba is a good example, or in in South America, those groups that are so closely aligned end up slaughtering each other for who ends up in power. They're not opposites because they hate each other and they fight each other. Um, and he talks about actually how the American left got duped into becoming essentially supporters of communism uh, in similar ways. Maybe we'll get into that a little more later. But um, 
If you haven't figured it out yet, this seemingly ancient history is relevant today because of the depressingly idiotic argument about whether it's okay to equate Antifa, the anti-fascist left-wing radicals, with the neo-Nazi and white supremacist rabble that recently descended on Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, He mentions the term of the alt-left. The term is bogus for the simple reason that, unlike the alt-right, nobody calls themselves the alt-left. And that's too bad. One of the only nice things about the alt-right is that its leaders are honest about the fact that they want nothing to do with traditional American conservatism. Like the original Nazis, they seek to replace the traditional right with their racial hogwash. The Antifa crowd has a very similar agenda with regard to traditional American liberalism. These goons and thugs oppose free speech, celebrate violence, despise dissent, and have little use for anything else in the American political tradition. But many liberals, particularly in the media, are victims of the same kind of confusion that vexed so much of American liberalism in the 20th century. Because Antifa suddenly has the alt-right enemies, they must be good guys. They're not, and that's why this debate is so toxically stupid. Fine, Antifa isn't as bad as the KKK. Who cares? Since when is being less bad than the Klan a major moral accomplishment? In these tribal times, the impulse to support anyone who shares your enemies is powerful. But it is a morally stunted reflex. This is America. You're free to denounce totalitarians wherever you find them, even if they might hate the right people. Uh, yeah, and we've been talking about Antifa a lot because we're on the West Coast and we've seen what they do. And uh, yesterday we got a text from somebody who's listened to us for 15 years, huge fan, said they're turning us off because I said there is moral equivalence between Antifa and the KKK people. And she thought that was just awful. Um, there are certainly similarities. I think there's yeah. a hell of a lot of similarities. Right. And they're both going to destroy America if you allow them to go. And so to be happy about Antifa makes you, well, you're you're just uninformed. I'm right. going to assume yeah. you don't know what they are. Fair enough. Um, but so I am, I am somewhat heartened that um, it would seem that the media comes around to this stuff slowly after a big event. Right. It takes a couple of days. First the knees jerk. But the New York and Times. And they try to make the story simple, good guy, bad guy. To get you to watch. But the New York Times today has an article about Antifa and what they actually are. They have this, uh, they quote this guy who showed up to the rally ready to fight. um, And they say Antifa, a a term which is a contraction of the word anti-fascist. See, they're explaining this to people because it's completely new to everybody west of like Nevada. I mean, east of like Nevada, really. Major political violence up and down the west coast ignored. Anti-fascist describes the loose affiliation of radical activists who have surfaced in recent months at events around the country and have openly scuffled. That's a pretty polite term. Scuffled. They scuffled. split people's heads open with bike locks. They show up and will beat you down and kill you if you can't if you can't get out of there. I have openly scuffled with white supremacists, right-wing extremists, and in some cases, in some cases, ordinary supporters of President Trump, which is what we were howling about. What happened in San Jose? Well, uh, right, and or just white people who are walking down the street in that neighborhood weren't even Trump supporters. And they get further into that sort of stuff in the article in the New York Times. So I'm glad that they uh, they call out Antifa as a group that will just attack innocent people. The Atlantic, which is not exactly right wing. No, indeed. With a big feature, the rise of the violent left. Good for the Atlantic to point this out. There is a violent left, whatever left and right means when you get this far out there. Right. Again, that's, as I pointed out yesterday, that's for political theory classes. Functionally, the extreme left and the extreme right are the same. And maybe I'll... Uh, they we'll, have different rhetoric. Maybe we'll do a little more on this later. I want to break on time because we got Tim Carney coming up with a Washington Examiner who's going to talk to us about the Southern Poverty, Lo- Poverty Law Center. 
Another story the mainstream media is getting wrong, wrong because they're regularly quoted as good guys in this whole thing. And in they're fact, crazy people. We have coming up in uh, a few minutes Chris Matthews, who had somebody from the Southern Poverty Law Center on the line. She just lied to him about Antifa, for instance, and he calls her on it. It's good stuff. Tip of the cap to Chris Matthews, who once lied to us, and I called him a liar, and we yell at each other. (laughs) That's right. Good times. I'd forgotten that. So stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. What are they really? I know their name is anti-fascist. Do they only go after fascists or do they go after anybody, say, in the global economic community they don't like? No, they are strictly principled anti-fascists. Wow. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see, they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. Wow. I'd like to point out that Antifa on, on the, at Charlottesville protected peaceful protesters. I don't know what President Trump was talking about. Well, who, they were the cl- res- who were waving the clubs on that side? I mean, they I looked at pre- pictures where people were jumping themselves. in. Well, there was one it, group that was jumping in and punching the, uh, the, 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 the Nazi types. One, I, I've seen pictures from, I've seen a lot of pictures like you have, and I've seen people reaching and then sl- slugging them. Who were those yes, people? They... They may have been part of Antifa. Antifa is not a nonviolent group, so let me just say that. And the Southern Poverty Law Center certainly p- prefers and promotes nonviolent protests. There's more of that with the lovely Leisha Brooks of the Southern Poverty Law Center. You know what? I- I'm catching on to the fact that old, old school liberals like Chris Matthews, like Noam Chomsky, they understand the danger of this sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've seen it. It's your younger progressive crowd that thinks, well, at least they're on my side, so it's okay. Or because they're on my side, anything is justified. But so... uh, Which is the farthest thing from a new idea. Good Lord. So that... Was that a lady? Yes. So that lady is from the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, and her lying has just begun. We have more of that to come. If you've been following this story this week... And in, in any of the media, you have seen a representative from the Southern Poverty Law Center on, or you've heard them quoted, the number of hate groups, this or that. And there's a column in the Washington Examiner today, reminder, the Southern Poverty Law Center is a fraud, and nobody should re- treat them as responsible actors, which is a good headline. And it quotes our good friend Tim Carney. So I thought we'd just have him on and have him explain to us what these people are. Why not? Here he is, Tim Carney of the Washington Editor. He is the commentary editor, I'm sorry, of the Washington Examiner. Hello, Tim. Welcome. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. So tell us about these uh, fine and fair-minded arbiters of what is and is not hate speech. So, yeah, um, I uh, encourage people to go uh, see the piece written by uh, my colleague Emily Jashinsky and the links that she sends out to a variety of people who have left and right, who have exposed the Southern Poverty Law Center for what it is, which is a racket and a fraud um, run by a guy who raises tons of money off of this stuff so that he can live in a giant mansion with lots of statues. I don't know if any of those statues need to get torn down or not, but we'll, uh, eventually we'll find out i'm sure um but the uh but so you look at their website and you can see they'll give like the address of legitimate white supremacists or nazi groups 
And in the same column, in the same breath, in the same category will be things like the Family Research Council because it says that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. Or uh, my colleague at the American Enterprise Institute, Charles Murray, because he's been branded for his, you know, his work on sort of distribution of intelligence across population, da-da-da. Uh, he's been branded as a, uh, as a white supremacist and a hate group. So, so, when, so, so in other words, when the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center, whatever they're called, um, uh, when I've heard them quoted all week long and they're talking about there are now 180 hate groups in America, some of those hate groups they're counting are, are what you just mentioned, people who, uh, who don't agree with gay marriage or that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. And a lot of them are, like, legitimate Nazis and white supremacists oh, sure. and that sort of thing. Um, and some of them that are borderline are the sort of people who, you know, I have no interest in defending anyway. Um, but some of them are really simply just conservatives. <laughs> and that's, uh, and the, the shame is that there are responsible journalists who are just sort of in a hurry and there's sort of liberal bias makes him not willing to be skeptical of, of the, this group, even though journalists are supposed to be skeptical of everybody, and they reprint it. And so CNN just put up a map saying, here are all the hate groups in your area. So if you live near uh, the Family Research Council or Alliance Defending Freedom, which is the, the nonprofit law firm that defends the Little Sisters of the Poor, if you live near them, you'd say, oh, my gosh, there's a hate group in my area. Yeah. And in part because some of these racist groups use, like there's one with some name like the Center for National Policy or something like that, um, the National Policy Institute, um, that's a white supremacist organization. So some of these groups, the groups do use these uh, benign-sounding names. You You might be primed to believe that Charles Murray or Alliance Defending Freedom or the Family Research Council is just one of those, uh, you know, it's like the KKK just trying to hide behind a more benign name. So I'll quote your uh, colleague in the Washington Examiner today. In 2010, liberal journalist Ken Silverstein called the group essentially a fraud with a habit of casually labeling organizations as hate groups. In doing so, the SPLC shuts down debate and stifles free speech and most of all, raises a pile of money, very little of which is used on behalf of poor people. Um, Apple, the story in the news today, Apple just gave a freaking million dollars to the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center because they're standing up against Trump and neo-Nazis. Just, yeah, it's I mean, just it's, sickening. It's had, he, had he just built, piled a million dollars in like a shape of a statue of Trump and lit it on fire, it would have been better. Had he simply thrown the money into the well, if, if it was his goal to oppose Trump, he undermined that because this is what I call, I call this the liberal lumpers are the people who say, oh, well, uh, Family Research Council is just like Richard Spencer. The Nazis and the Alliance Defending Freedom are the same. And you saw, you've seen it since, uh, since Charlottesville. You see people saying, oh, this is so hypocritical for Orrin Hatch to criticize uh, these, these racists and these Nazis because Orrin Hatch voted you know, against affirmative action or something. Wow. Or, uh, or right. a puts out something saying basically anti-choice uh, Republicans are are just like uh, are just like these neo Nazis. Um, so the liberal lumpers find something that everybody agrees with is evil and tries to lump conservatives in with them. Guess what? That makes everybody who's even uh, sympathetic to conservatives say, "Oh, well, maybe those other groups that they're calling nasty aren't that nasty." It ends up helping 
the the extremists and the racists instead maybe it drags down the the conservatives a little bit but more than that it drags up to the level of decent people the folks like Richard Spencer. Right. Just like that unprincipled moron um, uh, Joe McCarthy uh, set back the the legitimate concern about communists in the yep. American government and media because he was such an overreaching – he called everybody a communist. And everybody no, and just got tired of it and suddenly analogy. nobody was yeah. a communist. That's a perfect analogy. I hadn't thought of that. Um, and the, the, the thing is the liberal lumper should have learned their lesson from the campaign. If you look at one of the weird things that happened to Donald Trump was that his poll numbers, he pulled ahead in some polls or pulled within striking distance in all polls after, about a week after the Access Hollywood tapes came out. What happened then? The Democrats decided that their summer tactic of saying Trump is not a conservative, conservatives shouldn't vote for Trump – that they were going to abandon that. And uh, Obama's first speech, campaign speech, after the Access Hollywood thing came out, and everybody was sure Trump was going to be pulled down, he went to Ohio and he said, Rob Portman is not that different from Donald Trump. (laughs) Rob Portman, the most uh, boring, moderate Republican you could possibly come up with, is just like Donald Trump was the argument. Well, guess what that did? Trump then pulled ahead in the Ohio polls and stayed ahead in the Ohio polls for good while Rob Portman kept his 15-point lead. He stapled Portman and Trump together, thinking that Trump would drag down Portman, and said Portman dragged up Trump. But now, instead of dragging up just Donald Trump, they're dragging up the alt-right. They're dragging up the neo-Nazis, and that's the last thing America needs right now. So that donation to Southern Poverty Law Center – just made our country more racist. Congratulations, Apple shareholders. Nice nice job. Well done, Tim Cook. Tim! God, take you know a what? minute. Uh, we, uh, have a little skepticism. Have skepticism of people who, who, who seem to be on your side. We do around here oh, because yeah. sometimes it turns out they're maniacs. Oh, yeah. We get all kinds of emails and forwards from people that, that, you know, it'd be cool if this were true because it would help my argument, but it doesn't sound very true. And you look into it and it's not. Right. You, you, you do. You have to be skeptical of all this stuff. But it is just, well, you're, you're right. A lot of it is just laziness. Who can we talk to that knows a lot about racist groups? I heard Southern Poverty Law Center does a lot of work. Well, they're quoted on all the news they're all the time, on so all you the can news? forgive somebody yeah. for... Yeah, no, it's a self-reinforcing thing. Are they legitimate? Well, CNN just ran it as, as gospel, so they must be legitimate. CNN, to its credit, changed a headline to saying Southern Poverty Law Center um, says that all of these are hate groups. I still don't think it's an article worth running. I think it should be taken down because the Southern Poverty Law Center is, in my opinion, a fraud that just exists to raise lots of money, and it does it by calling, uh, by lumping racists in with conservatives. Um, but at least CNN changed the headline because they got massive blowback. So the question is, is this trickling down? Our newsroom editor saying, you cannot use the Southern Poverty Law Center. I tell my, so I'm, I'm now an editor, so that they trust me to be like a grown-up here. So I, I tell my writers, don't use PolitiFact as an authority. If PolitiFact cites research, you say, well, as PolitiFact pointed out, da-da-da-da-da. But don't say, oh, this is pants on fire because PolitiFact says it. So if you want to use Southern Poverty Law Center that way and says Southern Poverty Law Center says this group publishes blah, 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 fine, do it. But don't ever say this is a hate group 
because Southern Poverty Law Center said it. In fact, it's not even worth saying Southern Poverty Law Center has qualified this as a hate group because their uh, their judging is totally arbitrary and ideologically motivated. God, and it's so it's so damaging to the whole argument. We're all better off to know exactly how many of these actual hate groups there are and how much it is growing or isn't or whatever. Sure, yeah. And and you can't get that information if you're going to lump in people who are uh, you know not pro-choice with as hate groups. And then reserve for yourself the right, as we circle back to the Antifa question, to split the heads of anybody yeah. you and or the Southern Poverty Law Center has decided is a hate group. I mean, come no, on. Exactly right. And remember, the Family Research Council, um, one of the supposed hate groups there, uh, a guy who showed up there to kill as many people as he could, admitted that he picked that place because the Southern Poverty Law Center had labeled it as a hate group. And for the umpteenth time, people have heard this on the Armstrong and Getty show, the uh, Family Research Council holds the same position on gay marriage that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama held in 2012? Yeah, Um, Or or 2008. So they were a hate group, apparently, then or something yeah okay right tim carney commentary commentary editor for the washington examiner uh tim uh thanks a million keep fighting the good fight for just you know truth telling thanks for having me on have a good weekend yep thanks uh and it's probably worth mentioning in mentioning that the term alt-right now is being used to describe everybody (laughs) right and it's caused me it's tar now that you throw on people it's caused me to think nothing when i hear somebody called alt-right i i don't i don't make any judgment about that person because i know it's used so broadly and that's exactly what we were just talking about you uh you water it down and help the extremists when you do that right and listen terms evolve and what people think it means eventually is what it means we posted, did we post, Vince, that uh, mainstream conservative's guide to the alt-right, um, which is actually quite well done. Um, and it uh, that term now includes everything from the completely loathsome, like we saw a march in there in Charlottesville. Most of those people were just completely loathsome humans. Um, and some intriguing and weird points of view that abhor violence and are completely not racist. But now it means whatever you want it to mean. So, Yeah, it's interesting. It took a week for uh, the Antifa story to bubble up. I wonder how long it'll take before people catch on to what the Southern Poverty Law Center is. So maybe we can get finally get to some shared terms uh, and viewpoints on this to tackle hateful, violent groups. Or at least a little healthy skepticism about our own side of things. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Another deadly attack, this one in Finland. The city is now on lockdown. We've got one West Coast city on high alert ahead of a major rally. Zero tolerance for any violence, according to police. And on an entirely different note, how will the eclipse affect animals? Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Kenny. I assume they'll uh, rise up on their hind legs and begin speaking. They'll give birth prematurely. I hope not. Uh, So we got all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to talk to a doctor, try to finally nail down what do you need for eye protection for looking at the eclipse, whether you're listening to us in the zone of totality or further away. Stay tuned. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, it's just coming in. At least one person's dead. Several others wounded after a man went on a stabbing rampage in Finland. 
Leading newspaper in the country said the suspect killed one person in the city of Turku before he was shot and arrested. Police in the city are warning people to avoid the central area of that city due to the developing situation. Part of the town is on lockdown Turku, located on the southwestern coast of Finland. Do we have any reason to believe this is a terrorist attack by Muslim extremists, or is this just a nut job somewhere in the world who stabbed someone? We do not have that uh, nailed down yet. Everybody, of course, is obviously very, very jumpy about these kind of things. Police in Spain saying the attacks in Barcelona and Cambrils have been prepared some time ago, and the terrorists behind the attacks were working out of a house in Spain that blew up on Wednesday. CBS National Security Analyst Fran Townsend. I think that this looks like, as you're hearing from law enforcement now, more, much more directly controlled than just merely inspired. This wasn't somebody who got up and decided to take a car and, and ram it in a crowd. Driver of the van that mowed down the crowd of people uh, in Barcelona still on the loose. I think it seems pretty clear, doesn't it? What happened there? Absolutely. They're they're trying to build a bomb. Something went wrong with it, and they thought, oh, geez, we're going to get caught. And they rammed the crowd into it. That's what I kind of assumed, too, yesterday. Hey, by the way, and I absolutely do not fault you for using the term, Marshall, because it's a commonly used term. I think the term terrorist is increasingly useless. It's almost completely useless. What do you want to use? Well, why don't you just talk? I mean, if I'm in Spain... And there's an explosion set off by Basque separatists. The only reason to use the term terrorist instead of Basque separatist is to make it clear that you morally disapprove of them, which I think is is probably useful. But I hear terrorist. All right, what kind of terrorist? Is it, was the guy who, who mowed down the people in Charlottesville and killed that poor lady, was he a terrorist? committing an act of political violence, deliberate political violence. McMaster says absolutely yes. Well, by the textbook definition, he's absolutely a terrorist. Right. And so, but but he's a Klansman. I want to know he's a Klansman. I don't want to think he's a jihadi or an Islamist or whatever. Yeah. I just, I think we got to start calling people what, what they call themselves. And we have a multi-trillion dollar war on terror going on that right. doesn't include Basque separatists or neo-Nazis. No. It's a separate thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, did, have you seen the video of, was it in Italy or wherever, up on the beach? So a boat comes up on the beach and hundreds of, of uh, people from Africa, refugees, just run onto the beach and just run into the city. Have you seen that video? No. And uh, Tucker Carlson was playing it last night. It's making the rounds and saying, nobody has any idea who these people are that just that just came on a boat over from Africa from who knows where, Syria, Libya, wherever. Mm. They just landed on the beach and ran off into the town, and now they live there. So are you racist <laughs> against Mexicans? And, so, and and nobody has any idea what they're up to or who they are or, you know, vetting. There is zero vetting of, of who they are. Because I've heard that the only reason you'd want to enforce any immigration law is racism against Mexicans. But how often is In that happening? How often does that happen per day? Or night, with how many people around Europe? Who knows? There's there's zero vetting going on, so it's not hard to imagine you'd end up with terrorists in the countries. Concrete barriers going up before a major rally in Southern California. An anti-illegals rally called America First is set for Sunday along the Pacific Coast Highway, and Laguna Beach officials have decided to install barriers so a car can't plow into the crowd. I must quibble again. Well, that's probably a good idea. To be pro-enforcement is not to be anti-illegal immigrant. I'm not against the immigrant. I'm against the lack of enforcement of the stated law of the country. I think mostly they're really nice people. But there's a law. you got to follow the law. 
There are reports that the Laguna Beach police have contacted the organizers and the people on all sides of the discussion, saying they got a zero-tolerance policy. Anybody seen breaking the law will go to jail. There you go. Good plan. Now, the big question is, how will animals react to the solar eclipse? It's going to be happening on Monday, and apparently yeah, a lot of people, including experts, like to observe animals during I this event. everybody knew this. As Joe stated, they get up on two legs and they start to speak English. <laughs> That's right. But ow, ow, ow. For, for two minutes. Right. And then they drop right back down as if nothing happened. It's the most chilling thing you'll ever witness. <laughs> Even stranger, they all have British accents. And your dog, stands, your dog stands up and says... All right, I got two minutes to tell you what I think of you. <laughs> Remember that time you left me outside in the rain? Uh, experts say animals like insects and bats are going to behave as if nighttime has simply come early. They'll get active and dash around. While more in <laughs> dash around. <laughs> well, while more intelligence creatures like chimpanzees, dolphins, and llamas look at each other and say, "What the f's going on?" appear appear basically to stop and stare at the sky, suggesting they understand that indeed something is happening. So there you go. Mm. Watch your animal's behavior during the uh, great eclipse. Don't let your chimp stare at the sun. We'll have a doctor on in moments. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the Voice of the West. Glitter is wrecking the world environment. Stay tuned for that story. The obsession with glitter. Robert E. Lee. Robert, let me say that again. Robert E. Lee didn't want Confederate monuments. Have you heard this? Yeah. Have you seen this? Plus, Chris, Math- Chris Matthews b- being honest about violence from the left and telling the truth. And we are going to talk to a doctor. So, you know, can you wear your 3D goggles or uh, welding masks? I'm just going to wear two pairs of sunglasses and stare at the sun. (laughs) Is it useful to start staring at the sun now? Build up your tolerance. Exactly, to get used to it. (laughs) That only makes sense. Right. You're You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sometimes you're better off dead. This is new Robert Plant music, Michael? Yes, the May Queen. Already love it. How old would Robert Plant be? Is he 70? It's got to be, yeah. It's got to be near 70 anyway. 68. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in the Armstrong and Getty Show. number of things to hit you with real quick. 69 in two days. Happy birthday, Robert Plant. Giggity. There you go. Shut up. <laughs> We're we're trying to set a tone here, Sean, and you just undermined it. America's glitter obsession is wrecking the environment. Glitter is getting more and more popular by the day. Thanks, gay people. Because of Instagram and Facebook, it's a must-have finishing touch on hair, festivals, parties, fingernails, everything. Glitter is everywhere. Thanks, girls. My kids have already used more glitter in their lifetimes than I have cumulative in my entire life. Wow, interesting. And what's it doing? Is it clogging up the uh, drain pipes or... uh... Choking the birds, or yeah, I'd have to read the rest of the article. Oh, oh, well, it just seems like a bridge too far. If you love the uh, environment, you gotta hate the glitter. Got a couple of texts I want to hit you with. 
keep one eye closed when you watch the eclipse. If everyone else goes blind, you're the king. <laughs> Hilarious. Well played, my friend. Uh, somebody said there is uh, information out that the Finland uh, stabbing attack guy was screaming Allah Akbar, so we'll see if that turns out to be true. And then yeah, I don't know. If it did, then what are you going to do with that anyway? Um, using the term alt-right says more about the person saying it than the person they're describing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's true. true. Yep. Um, it's now being used to describe everybody because it's just tar to paint people with. And there are lunatics who call themselves alt-right. I mean, they're, they're dangerous people, and I want to keep an eye on them. But you start calling everybody one, then nobody's one. The name of your neck valve should be a pre-colostomy bag. That's not bad. That's terrible. Okay. From, for, it's descriptive, but it's not good for marketing. No, no, it's no. not a good marketing well name. Well said. Not please. a good marketing name. I'm so glad I took the Apple IV out of my arm a year ago and went Android. Tim Cook is no Steve Jobs. Cook is about politics, not providing an exceptional product. Did he use Apple money? Because somebody said, Jack, aren't you an Apple shareholder? And I thought about that when Tim Carney was talking. Did he use Apple money? Or did he use yeah. his own riches? I don't know. I don't know that. If he used Apple money, I might uh, sell my stock and get out. What the it's, hell is the what guy frantic the company? virtue signaling? What the hell are you doing putting a million dollars into your political beliefs? Yes, Sean? Is well, that a thing only that, that companies do? What's that now? Is that a thing that, com- like, can the company support charities? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have uh, foundations and the rest of it. But no, the problem isn't the politics to me. It's it's who got it. The Southern Poverty Law Center is a, is a gimmick to get a couple of people rich, and they're just, they're wildly irresponsible. Uh, they're just, it. it's like, it's like Al Sharpton. If Al Sharpton is talking about civil rights, civil rights are important. Civil rights are incredibly important. They're what the country's founded on, and we've spent our history trying to fulfill the promise of the, the you know the the founding documents. That doesn't make Al Sharpton less an idiot. He's an idiot. Siganoi Weaver and a con man. <laughs> Used to celebrities. The fact that the Southern Poverty Law Center is occasionally right doesn't mean they're not you know a scam. Got more on that coming up in just a minute. Um, I got an article here about how cashiers. The looming crisis for American cashiers is robots take over. Robots. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, don't program to chat at me, please. Which reminded me. Do you, you have any plans for the weekend? Remember the, oh, other, the other day? Ha, when I, ha, funny anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I said I'd like to go back pre-internet. I'd actually like to go pre-computer. Computerizing of a lot of things, like uh, you know the, the checkout stand, where the, you need, need like ten pieces of information before you can buy something that costs forty cents. Yeah, damn, at the hardware store, I need two screws. I really need these two screws to do some stupid home thing that's a problem. I need two screws. I'm with my five year old, who's throwing a fit. Mm. He's he's reached the end of his limits for the day, and he's gone berserko. Um, so I got these two screws, and I get up to the cashier. Holding my kid under my arm, who's flailing away and screaming and yelling and red faced right, in that right. in that child throwing a tantrum sort of way, I give the two screws to the, the the cashier at the hardware store and he said, "How much are these?" And I said, "I I'm not sure. I'll give you five bucks for them." He said, "I need to know the exact amount to put in the computer." I said, "They're like twelve cents a piece." He said, "I I need to know the exact amount." I said, "I'll give you five dollars for them right now." He said, "I can't do that." I said, "I gotta go." <laughs> I walked out without wow. my screws. <laughs> wow, screwless. <laughs> Because you got to type into the computer the right code and everything like that. 
I thought this was so crazy. I didn't get mad. I didn't argue with him. He's just doing his job, I guess. But yeah, seriously, what, what, dude. What happened to the America? Right. Where the guy said, yeah, they're probably about 12 cents. Here, let's just do it. And then he goes and he right. checks and he realizes, oh, 13 cents. And he puts two cents into the till. <laughs> what would happen then? <laughs> right. Cats uh, sleeping with dogs. <laughs> I know. Fire and brimstone. It was, it was so demoralizing. Oh, my God. We are such sheep. <laughs> we are now an obedient, obedient people. Oh, boy. You know, I, I read an interesting piece about how we've evolved from being cultural man to economic man. And the only God that's worshipped is commerce. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.